It's game day. Game day. Welcome to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4, ESPN the ESPN Tucson mobile app, and the Spears and Ali podcast located wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we had a little announcement, I guess. Yeah, I uh, guess we should get it out of the way, right? Yeah. So uh, the long and short of it, without taking up too much time in the show, is uh, Spears and Ali is so sexy it's illegal. <laughs> So we have to make some changes to the podcast, which is fine. Our 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 sharp listeners will uh, who listen to the show, listen to the podcast, will immediately know what is different. Um, but we've got to tweak it just a little bit so we stay a little more in the lane of of, of legal sexiness. Yeah. Um, which does mean that uh, the podcast, the old episodes are going to have to come down just for the time being. Yeah. But everything today going forward, nothing's changing. Just access to certain episodes will have to change for a moment but yeah um so sexy it's illegal so we got yeah. we gotta rein it in just a little bit uh i think we gotta pretty much show a little bit how the sausage is made uh <laughs> and, and why you know these changes are happening so for radio you can play any song you want to for 30 seconds for podcasts you cannot because yeah. it's replay <laughs> so yeah we just gotta change that we gotta change out the music a little bit doesn't um, affect you guys though does not everything will still well it doesn't affect the show yeah. really going just, forward uh, today going forward everything will be up but the old episodes are gonna have to get a little tweaked before they can go back mm-hmm. up but the nature of the show probably you know yeah old news then well so. and Terrell Stoglin he was raving about our interview and he was like oh I'm sending it to all my fans all my uh, family and friends and then two days later <laughs> We get the lawyers like, hey, uh, yeah, we got to make a tweak to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, nothing's going to change the podcast. Everyone's going to still have access to it. Uh, we just got to make a, a little tweak to some yeah. e- some episodes here and there. So, yeah. yeah, it'll all be good. But Spears and Ali, everything's still still good. Just wanted to let everyone know in case uh, you notice anything different with the podcast yeah. in the next couple of days. So, all right, now that we got that out of the way, uh, let's talk about what's going on during today's show. Two-hour show today. Got John Wilner from the Pac-12 Hotline calling in at 325. And then uh, we'll talk to a couple of D1 football players later this hour. Uh, Push Ridge Christian star players, Will Way, incredible name. Uh, and he's also a really good basketball player. I remember him from the Tucson Summer Pro League uh, Kids League, and he was one of the tallest guys out there and was a great basketball player. But now he's a stud football player, and he's going to go play ball up at Weber State, and then Tyler Mustaine, his teammate at Push Ridge Christian, star two-way player for the Lions, he's going and playing for the Arizona Wildcats, uh, committed as a preferred walk-on, and I always knew he had Power 5 potential. Uh, from watching him play, I mean, Will Way, I, in my personal opinion, is a Power 5 guy, but this Tyler Mustaine kid uh, coming on as a walk-on, um, I think he could really make some noise in Arizona's practice, and I think Johnny Nansen's Really going to love to have a walk-on linebacker like him. So uh, Tyler Mustaine will be joining us along with Will Way. Can't wait for that later this hour. Both those guys are stopping by in studio. And then in the 4 o'clock hour, Jordan Hamm from Sports 360 AZ will talk to us more about National Signing Day, uh, his thoughts on what's going on with the Arizona football and the ASU football programs. And then we'll also talk to him about his Terrell Suggs T-Sizzle documentary. All right, and then uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, we'll take a look around the NFL. The Pro Bowl rosters for the AFC is just terrible. Um, at, at quarterback, here's who's playing for the AFC in the Pro Bowl. You got Tyler Huntley.
the backup quarterback from the Baltimore Ravens, who's thrown five touchdown passes this season. Uh, Derek Carr, who was benched for Jared Stidham in the last week of the season. Good. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence, which I think he deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. But the, the other two guys, you have a backup for the Ravens, and then you have Derek Carr, who's benched in the final couple games of the season. Um, and the reason why is, this is happening is because Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, all those guys are all hurt in dealing with injuries. So they got to bring in somebody in the AFC, and a lot of guys are just injured right now. So they go with these guys. And Derek Carr's like, wait, really? Like, he actually tweeted. He's like, I think this might have been lost from a few years ago, but, hey, I'll take it. I'm going back to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, Pro Bowl is just nasty business this year. Just gross. Uh, just looking at the the quarterbacks, it's just well, why why is the Pro Bowl still a thing? I mean, like why 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 is that still a thing? Well, now it's, they... it's a glorified All Star game. Like Sean Taylor, I remember him. Like he took it seriously and hit the daylights out of somebody. But I feel like nobody cares about the Pro Bowl anymore. And well, I it, mean, those quarterbacks might not might be a little better now that there's lesser threat of getting absolutely mugged uh, <laughs> in a in a game that doesn't matter. Yeah. So. But NHL All Star Weekend, it's yeah. in the middle of the season, right? Mm-hmm. It's not at the end of the year. In fact, I think we're rolling up on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. NBA All Star Weekend, same deal. It's on the same schedule as NHL. R- coming up here very soon. It happens in the middle of the season. Pro Bowl always happens at the end of the season, and nobody just cares about it anymore. Um, but we'll we'll talk more about that. We'll also get into the legacy of Tom Brady and you know who could be the next Tom Brady. Tom Brady is considered the greatest of all time, but is there anyone who could possibly dethrone him as the greatest of all time? Uh, we'll talk about that at 4:40, and then today's Throwback Thursday, so we'll take a look at what happened on this day in sports history. And then if you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. And Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is presented by Casino Del Sol, the soul of Tucson, Tucson Federal Credit Union, and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. All right, let's go ahead and dive right into top three headlines heading into today. One. One. Game day, Arizona versus Oregon at McHale Center tonight, 8.30. Nice little oh, late good. one. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> it's a it's That's a late nice one. And early. It's a late one, but if you're uh, an Arizona football and basketball fan, you can kind of have this kind of mega evening tonight at, at Arizona Stadium and also McHale Center because you can go to no not Arizona Stadium the Lowell Stevens no not the Lowell Stevens football facility the Colin Genie Davis Indoor Sports Center the new indoor newish indoor facility that they have there. I've never heard anyone refer to all three of those buildings by their correct name in one sentence before. Yeah. yeah. Very well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. The Colin Genie Davis Indoor Sports Center. I, you know, it's a big silver warehouse or whatever. It does look like a big silver warehouse. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that indoor practice facility uh, that Arizona football uses, uh, they're doing a national signing day event there. And if you're an Arizona football fan, you can pay I think it's $20 at the door, $15 in advance, and you can meet the team. You can meet uh, the new players who are coming to play for the Arizona Wildcats. A bunch of them signed in December during the early signing period, and a lot of them are already on campus. So you get to meet the the, the newer members of the Arizona Wildcats football team, and I think Jed Fish will be out there. Oh, I, I know Jed Fish will be out there. And uh, Yogi Roth from Pac-12 Networks is hosting the whole event. Like, they flew in Yogi Roth just to – MC this event. So it's a big deal. If you're if you're an Arizona football fan, again, uh, $20 at the door, $15 in advance, 
at the Cole and Jeannie Davis Indoor Sports Center. Go out and meet the team. National Signing Day event for the Arizona Wildcats. A lot of new Arizona football players looking to make an impact in year three under Jet Fish. So uh, I think uh, one of those guys that will be out there, and I'm very excited to see him play, is offensive lineman Raymond Polito. Uh, and Raymond is from Southern California and was committed to Alabama. It's a four-star offensive lineman, was committed to Alabama, and Arizona somehow got him to flip from Alabama to Arizona. And I think a big reason why they were able to get a guy like that is because they can sell him opportunity. Yes, you can go to Alabama and probably be a first or a second round pick in in four or five years, but you can come to Arizona and start right away as a true freshman, and maybe in year three, we're talking about you getting drafted. I mean, just look at this past season with uh, Jonah Savainea and what he did. Um, It's a... it's pretty impactful. I mean, he played every single game for the Arizona Wildcats as a true freshman, and this Polito guy can really do the same thing. So if uh, you're an Arizona football fan, go out and check it out uh, tonight. We'll, we'll talk more about that coming up later on. Uh, do we already uh, dive right into top three headlines? Do we already do headline yeah, number one? We did. We did? Okay. Well, that's that's not the only part that's going down tonight because tonight we also have Arizona basketball. We have the Wildcats taking on the Oregon Ducks in a rematch at McHale Center, and if you remember the last time Arizona played Oregon, the Ducks absolutely crushed the Wildcats. I mean, you kind of figured out how the game was going to go in Eugene a minute into the game because Enfilly Dante got a steal and then on a fast break posterizes Kirk Kreese, poor Kirk Kreese. He tried to take a charge, and he ended up becoming on the other end of a Center top 10 play. And Right from the get-go, when I saw that dunk, I was like, okay, Oregon's setting the tone here. They're they're punching Arizona in the face, and Arizona just looked really lackadaisical in that game. And it, it's really tough to win on the road, especially at Oregon, when you have all those trees on the court, and, and Arizona's just really struggled at Matthew Knight Arena. It's a tough place to play in, and I think Arizona... They're like 1-8 at Matthew Knight Arena since it opened in 2011. So they don't win often at Matthew Knight Arena. In fact, they've only won there once ever since it opened. Um, but I'm excited for tonight's game. And, you know, I was really intrigued by how Dana Altman shook up the lineup last time Arizona played against Oregon. Because uh, I think Oregon either lost to ASU or they came close to losing to ASU or they no they got killed by ASU at home and Dana Altman was really upset he was like okay we got to make a change to the starting lineup so what did he do he put in uh Jermaine Cousinard uh, who is the transfer from South Carolina um averaged I think like 19 points per game in his last season at South Carolina was their leading scorer but he was dealing with injury during majority of the season and then he just started to get healthy and finally came back and Dana Altman felt like he was healthy enough to put him in the starting lineup and then he goes off for 27 points against Arizona and then he also put in Nate Biddle who is a former uh, recruit by the Arizona Wildcats and he's a 6'11", 7 foot big guy and they put him in the starting lineup so they could match Arizona's size of Azulis Tubelas and Umar Valo so you had Nate Biddle and Enfilly Dante these two long post players uh, that could really play Arizona's front court tough. And in that second half, I mean, they shut down Azulis Tubelas and Umar Balo. I mean, those guys only combined for six points in the second half. Uh, so 
the the bread and butter of Arizona this season is their big guys, and Oregon did a really good job of exposing that and taking that element away um, in in the second half in Eugene. So Arizona they struggled against Oregon and. They struggled the following week, too, because, remember, they lost at home to Washington State. But ever since that game against Washington State, this Arizona basketball team has looked a little different. And they've passed a lot of tests that I think makes them battle-tested for the NCAA tournament. They won a couple of grinded-out games. One of them was against a top-five team in UCLA. And then, on the road, when you're down by nine points... How do you answer back? Arizona outscores Washington 81 to 49 to finish that game after trailing 23 to 14. And then they slaughtered Washington and put up a high scoring affair. So we've seen Arizona do a little bit of everything this year. We've seen them have a couple of head scratching losses, and we've also seen them being able to bounce back from that. We've seen them have some marquee wins like a UCLA and a Tennessee, and we've seen them win ugly games, and we've seen them win high-scoring affairs akin to what they looked like last season. So Arizona, they're looking really good right now. They deserve to be that number five team in the country, and I'm excited to see how they can bounce back tonight because Oregon, they've had uh, Arizona's number over um, the last several seasons. Ever since 2015 and 16, Arizona is 3-11 and, and against the Ducks, and that includes regular season matchups, Pac-12 tournament, etc. cetera. Um, so, it's all that stupid tree court they got up there (laughs) well in arizona fans uh, i think my colleague bruce pascoe hit it on the head here with his uh game advance in the arizona daily star today he talked about how arizona versus oregon has kind of become a rivalry under dana alvin because arizona again they're three and eleven oregon's had arizona's number and with ucla going to the big ten you know arizona oregon might become the marquee rivalry in the pac-12 which sucks because, I mean, Arizona-UCLA is just always so good. I'm going to miss that so much. But, hey, if they want to go to the Big Ten, Arizona's got to find their next conference rival. Certainly not going to be ASU, right, unless somehow a miracle happens and they become a, a really good college basketball program. <laughs> next in line when it's not UCLA in the Pac-12 in terms of men's basketball is Oregon for Arizona. So we can get another uh, showdown tonight and maybe a preview of – a great rivalry for many years to come with UCLA going to the Big Ten. Uh, also, important news, if you're going to tonight's game, Al Fleming will be inducted into the Ring of Honor. Uh, he was inducted in 2021 with Ernie McRae, but since COVID happened, there was you know, not really fans allowed to be at McHale Center. They're doing the ceremony tonight. So Al Fleming uh, b- being inducted into the Ring of Honor, and he has the McHale Center scoring record by a Wildcat, 41 points, against Detroit, which was head coached by Dick Vitale. Fun fact. Wow. All right, let's go to headline number two. 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 Uh, Arizona football closes up National Signing Day. I mean, I kind of already talked about it uh, during our top headlines. They have that National Signing Day event tonight. If you're an Arizona football fan and you want to go check that out. Uh, But I think that Arizona, once again, has a very impressive recruiting class. And even though... You know, you look at the rankings, and it says that Arizona is number six in the Pac-12. They're, they're kind of in the middle of the, of the pack. Even though it says that that's their ranking, Arizona has a lot of ballers coming in and a lot of guys that can make an impact similarly to what the guys did a year ago. I'm talking about 
the T-Macs, right, and the Jaden Deloras and the Jacob Cowings and all the new guys on offense who really made an impact. On defense, I mean, the guys that Arizona got, they really bolstered their linebacking core. I mean, Jerry Roberts and Jacob Manu and I think it was like Anthony Solomon and Colby Cage, those were the linebackers, Malik Reed. Those were the linebackers that Arizona had last year. And Jerry Roberts was okay, but, I mean, he missed a lot of tackles. And I think that's why Arizona was okay with letting Jerry Roberts go to UMass. Uh, But at the linebacker position, really the only guy that really made an impact at linebacker was Jacob Manu in the final stretch of the season. The the undersized Jacob Manu, a guy that no one thought was going to have an impact in year one, and then he really makes an impact as a scout team player, and then Johnny Nansen's like, hmm, we got to get this guy some more reps. And they put him in, makes great plays against UCLA, and then was the defensive MVP in that Territorial Cup win over ASU. But now that you got Jacob Manu coming back for another year, you add in uh, Justin Flo from Oregon, a Daniel Haimuli from Washington, and Oren Patu from Cal. Oh, plus you also got um, a couple of linebackers in from the high school ranks in Tay Brown and Kamuela Kaihu. And then four-star Leviticus Sua. Arizona's got a lot of good linebackers that can make some noise. All right, National Signing Day event getting started at Cole and Jeannie Davis Center. If you want to go to that, uh, doors open at 6 o'clock. Let's go to headline number three. 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 Uh, Phoenix Suns lose to the Atlanta Hawks last night, 132-100. to Disgusting. Huh. They got smoked by Atlanta. Uh, DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul each had a minus 26-plus net rating. The only, the only, <laughs> the only players to have a positive plus-minus for the Phoenix Suns was Dario Saric and Jacques Landell. Everyone else, minus. It was an awful game for the Suns last night. Um, so, yeah, Phoenix Suns a lot of beer, though. getting smoked by the Atlanta Hawks. I'm sure they did. Um, plus, by the way, LeBron James now 89 points away from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record. So looking wow. in the next maybe five games or so that he's going to go for the record. All right, coming up next, let's talk to John Wilner from the Pac-12 Hotline about National Signing Day the Comcast fiasco within the Pac-12, and plus McHale Center in the 50th anniversary. Stay tuned. More Spears Nolly coming up next. You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. Let's bring on our first guest today, the one, the only, John Wilner from the Pac-12 Hotline. John, always a pleasure talking to you. And I'm curious, uh, from your perspective, how was National Signing Day? Because down here in Tucson, Arizona, it was very quiet. In fact, the biggest news of the day was Dwayne Aquina signing as a defensive analyst. So it was a quiet National Signing Day. But for you, how was it? Yeah, well, Aquina, that's a that was a big news for Arizona. He's an excellent, excellent coach with a lot of experience in the Pac-12. You know, it's uh, it's not what it used to be, that's for sure, right? And there's two reasons. The first is that most of the recruiting classes are put together in that December window three days before Christmas. You know, probably in some cases 90% of the team's recruiting class comes then. And the other issue is the transfer portal is now, for a lot of schools, the primary roster-building tool. So, you know, the actual number of guys who sign uh, the first Wednesday in February is, you know, just a a small percentage of the total incoming class. Mm -hmm. 
And so do you think that maybe eventually NCAA tweaks it and they realize, you know what, there's really no point in a, a spring national signing day. Let's just all knock it out in December. Well, I don't think they're going to do that. I think that the December signing day is actually causing a lot of frustration because it, it's such a condensed situation, right? I mean, the yeah. football season is ending. you got bowl games. The transfer portal opens the Monday after bowl selections. It makes it very difficult for the coaches and the schools to get their signing classes in order by, you know, whatever it is, December 18th or December 20th. So I think that there's a chance maybe they move it back and then maybe they move February back, but they have got to do something to avoid this like log jam of events that happens in the first three weeks of December. John Wilner from the Pac-12 Hotline joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. Uh, so John, when it's all said and done, even though National Signing Day yesterday was relatively quiet, who do you think ultimately won on the recruiting trail this year in the Pac-12? Uh, Colorado would be the start right now. Granted, Colorado was starting from the lowest place, right? Bad roster, uh, terrible team, hired Deion Sanders, uh, and he has done very, very well, as, as you'd expect, both in the transfer portal and with high school recruits. I mean, he's going to bring in, end up bringing in you know, 40, 45 new players for Colorado. And a lot of them are are blue chippers. So to me, Colorado is the biggest winner, partly because of where they started. Uh, I think USC uh, has helped itself. Uh, You know, Washington, Utah, Oregon, all of them, they helped themselves partly because of who they signed out of high school, partly because of who they signed in the transfer portal, and also because of who they didn't lose. If you've got an elite quarterback who decides to return for the next season, you're you're starting off as a winner. John, what can you share with us about the whole uh, Comcast Pac-12 network fiasco where uh, apparently the Pac-12 network owed Comcast $50 million? Well, I mean, owed is, is a, it's a tricky situation in terms of using that word to define it. The Pac-12 is going to uh, certainly be out $50 million or so over the next couple of years because Comcast is probably going to withhold that amount of payment. But it's not like the Pac-12 was not paying properly. There was an audit five years ago. The audit showed that Comcast was actually paying too much. The Pac-12 apparently didn't trust the audit and also didn't have a way to confirm it because Comcast was paying based on Comcast's own subscriber data that the Pac-12 didn't have access to. So, yes, the Pac-12 is going to be out $50 million, uh, and and should have gotten on the case earlier than, than it has, uh, but it's a little bit tricky, and certainly the mistake was on Comcast and originally. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is going to have – any effect on the network long-term, or how, how do you just kind of view how Pac-12 Network is going to fit into the media footprint several years from now? Yeah, well, I don't really think there's going to be a Pac-12 Network starting in the summer of 2024, at least not the way everybody's used to it. It's not, there's not going to be a TV network. Uh, I think what they're going to end up doing is, you know, they're, they're basically going to have a production studio uh, over in the East Bay. They're moving out of San Francisco this summer. And my guess is that they produce... 
uh, Olympic sports content that is streamed. Uh, they're not going to be, it's not going to be a deal where you flick on, you know, Comcast and you click to the, the Pac-12 network. That There's not going to be a linear television network. Uh, and I would expect that all the football and, and men's basketball games will be on, you know, some kind of traditional uh, or digital media company, whether it's ESPN or Fox or, or Amazon or Apple, I don't know. But we're not going to have the Pac-12 networks as we've known it. All right, John, now let's move over to uh, college basketball side of things. Uh, yesterday marked the 50th anniversary of McHale Center. I know you've been to several games at McHale Center. From your perspective, uh, how magical is McHale Center in the college basketball realm? And uh, do you have any notable McHale Center memories that you could share with us? Um, well, certainly I was there when, uh, when UCLA ended the uh, 72 game winning streak that was that was uh oh yeah you know that just the arizona ucla rivalry is the thing that stands out to me the most it's been the best rivalry in the west for you know 40 years or so now uh whereas you know to me mikhail is right there with Pauly pavilion i mean it's more there's more of an intimate feel of mikhail than there is a Pauly. but when you've got 11 championship banners hanging from the rafters you got to get credit for that. So, other than otherwise, I mean, those are the two kind of iconic arenas uh, west of Lawrence, Kansas. Really, I mean, and I would put McHale up with with most. I don't think it quite rates with with Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas or Cameron Indoor at Duke, but it's certainly right there behind those uh, in terms of uh, iconic basketball arenas of the last you know half century. And then Arizona, they're back at McHale Center tonight. They're taking on the Oregon Ducks and. Oregon uh, did a great job of exposing Arizona's bigs. I know Umar Bala was still overcoming that illness, and he was hospitalized three times three times the week prior. Uh, but when Dana Altman changed up the lineup, put uh, Jermaine Kuznard in and Nate Biddle to match up Arizona's size, I mean, him and Enfili Dante, they did a pretty good job with Arizona's front court. I think that's going to be a different case tonight. What do you think just about the matchup between the Ducks and the Wildcats? I mean, I think it's going to come down to how well Arizona shoots it, right? Yeah. I mean, shot it well in Pullman in Seattle, right? Especially uh, Greece. So, if they shoot well, uh, I think it, they should they should be okay. If they don't, it's going to be a, t- a tough game. I mean, and to me, the whole the whole story of Arizona's next six weeks and and plus the NCAA's is going to be how the perimeter functions defensively. Uh, against real athletic teams and also offensively in terms of making those open shots. And uh, it's all it's a guards game, especially in the stretch run. John Wilner from the Pac-12 Hotline joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. Be sure to follow him on Twitter and find the Pac-12 Hotline on Tucson.com and the Wildcaster app. John, always appreciate your insight. Thank you once again. Thanks a lot, John. ESPN Tucson is giving you half-price Friday deals. Starting this Friday at 6 a.m., you can go to ESPNTucson.com and click the half-price Friday deals link to purchase $100 in bookstores Southwest Adult Shop gift certificates for only 50 bucks. Local and family-owned, they have the best price prices and largest selection of adult products in Tucson. It's located at 5754 East Speedway. East of Craycroft. East of Craycroft. Yep. Check it out Emphasis there. Emphasis on largest selection. <laughs> Got all the details at ESPNTucson.com. Is that where you got your bloomers, Andrew? <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, <laughs> coming Family up next. Secret. Coming up next, we got a couple of D1 football players joining us in studio: Tyler Mustaine and Will Wade. Both of them had a really big National Signing Day events yesterday. We'll have them coming in studio to, to talk about where they're signing to and their careers. Coming up next here on ESPN Tucson. You're still listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio, 14:90 a.m. and the Spears and Ali podcast. Yesterday was National Signing Day, and uh, it was a big day for a couple of uh, Tucson recruits, especially at Push Ridge Christian, because we got Tyler Mustaine and Will Way, both D1 football players, and now they're joining us here on ESPN Tucson in studio. Guys, what's going on? How's it going? Going good. How are you? Doing thank good. You for having us. No, thank you guys for coming by. Oh, and yeah, uh, feeling great to be on the show with y'all. So let's uh, let's start off with you, Will. Uh, I've known you for a little while now. I remember you playing at the Tucson Summer Pro League. Uh, you're in the kids' league, and you just towered over everybody. You were a great basketball player, but here you are signing to be a football player. Mm-hmm. So what what changed? What went from Will Way the basketball player to Will Way the football star? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, being uh, in middle school, I really loved enjoying you know, playing basketball. I really thought that was going to be my main sport. But then as I started to get a little taller and started to fill out a little more and I continued to play football with Tyler, it was, you know, Kind of like you said, I was still towering over kids, but it just like on the football field and just being a little more dominant than everybody else. So mm-hmm. I really started to fall in love with it and, you know, like pushing people around. So as I got into high school, I kept doing that. And I, I really thought that I could uh, continue doing that in college. So now you're signing on to play at Weber State. Right. Uh, do you know who famously played at Weber State? Uh, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, man. Absolutely. So Dame Dalla played at Weber State. Uh, you're playing football for the Wildcats. Right. Um, so what led you to Weber State? Well, as I was telling uh, Andy Morales yesterday when we were signing, you know, he asked me the same questions, very similar. I was telling him, you know, recruiting has been kind of up and down with me. You know, had a lot of uh, prior commitments, you know, South Dakota early on and then with Idaho State, you know, and then the coaches leaving. I was telling him I finally had some solid ground under my feet at Weber State, and it was something that I could really just uh, hold on to. You know, they were going through a a staff change as well with Coach Mental, but he was keeping everybody else, so that was kind of what I was waiting on. As soon as they made that new coaching change and new decision, that's kind of when I was going to come in and make my commitment. Mm -hmm. Once I found out, you know, Coach Mental was going to stay and be the new head coach and he was going to keep everybody, it was really just a no-brainer as far as, you know, facilities and, you know, tradition and, you know, fans showing out. It was just uh, no place like home at Weber. Mm -hmm. And you talked about your recruitment process, and you were committed right. to a couple of schools prior to that, and then mm. the Idaho State situation. What was that process like for you? Because Charlie Ragel was there. You had mm. Vince Amy and a lot of other coaches there, mm. and then they pack up and go to ASU right. to follow uh, Kenny Dillingham. So what was that moment like for you? I mean, Vince Amy, he's a great guy. He's probably one of my favorite coaches You know, to go through the whole recruiting process with. I remember he, he called me the night before he left and announced to go to ASU. He says, you know, I'm a keep it real with you. I've been keeping it real with you the whole time. I'm going to head up to Arizona State. Uh, you know, I don't know what this will mean for you. And I, you know, I obviously love to keep coaching you, maybe take you up with me. So we'll see what happens. But I just wanted to give you a heads up in case this changes anything. You know, I don't know what they're going to do there, but we'll see. And then, you know, the news came out the next day. It wasn't really a shock to me. But, you know, Coach Rachel leaving, it was a little surprising. I can't really lie to you. And then uh, just kind of seeing what they were going to go through. I took my official when uh, Coach uh, Weiser, their tight ends coach, was the interim at the time. So, you know, they handled everything very well. You know, it was a very uh, odd week for them. And then seeing, you know, the different staff changes, you know, they got rid of a few key pieces like the offensive line coach. You know, that was just like a big shot, I would say. And that kind of just led me to step away from Idaho State and kind of just see what other options I had. Mm -hmm. And then – 
you know, Weber State mm-hmm. ultimately was what led you to, to sign there. Right. How, how excited are you for your college career going up there, and what position are you going to play? Well, I'll be playing offensive line in college. You know, I'm very excited for that. You know, we're bringing in just a really great group of signees. You know, I've been tracking it, you know, bringing in some three, four stars. You know, that's really cool, especially at the FCS level. They're really just uh, – you know, have a dominant program and a dominant force. You know, our offensive line, you know, I think it's going to be really good, especially as we start to grow and get a little older and really mature. I really think that, you know, we'll be really good. There are some, you know, key teams I'm looking forward to playing, like Northern Arizona and Montana State. So can't wait to get into those games as uh, our career goes on. Now i got to end it on here for our listeners. How did you get your name Will Way? Oh, man. What's dude. the story behind that? So my uh, my mom, you know, on her side of the family, they had uh, William Henry Grassmeyer, and he was a really good farmer, you know, really a prestigious farmer back in the day. So as they, uh, you know, when I was adopted into that family, they wanted to keep the name going, and they thought Will Way was a really strong name, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's kind of what we've been going on for the last 18 years. It's good for headlines, too, oh, it for, sure uh, for us uh, sports journalists yes, out there. <laughs> All right. Another Push Ridge uh, star joining us in studio is uh, Tyler Mustaine. And, Tyler, you signed on to play for the Arizona Wildcats as a preferred walk-on. So you're staying home in town. You're going to be a Wildcat. How excited are you? Well, I'm very excited to be playing for my home school. Like I, I've Growing up, we used to head out to those games and tailgate before and then go in to watch. And even like this past year, when I was just being recruited by him, just being on the sidelines of the game, when they were warming up, and then being able to watch it from the stands, just kind of sitting there and thinking like, man, I'm I might be able to be able to play in these games next year and like mm-hmm. be on the field instead of in the stands. So, I'm just really excited for that. So you were there. I, I believe I saw both of you guys on the mm-hmm. sidelines for a couple of games. Uh, how excited are you to join the movement that Jetfish has right now? Oh, I'm thrilled, because uh, before he got there, you know, Arizona, they they struggled a, a few years ago, and they've been on the on the up and coming. So, I'm excited to join that culture of of winning and, and bring some uh, some some solid stuff back down to Tucson. So, what's uh, a couple memorable games that you went to as a, as a fan? As a fan, in the, when we played uh, North Dakota State, I believe it was just a a tough battle between the two teams. Yeah. Arizona ended up winning. It was a close game. That I remember the. The North Dakota State, I think it's like their halfback had a hell of a day. He ran for like three touchdowns on yeah. them. Yes, yeah, so just being able to go back in there, that, that that was a fun game to watch to see the boys just kind of stick through and fight through and end up getting that W as a number one. And you're going to be a linebacker, correct? Yes, sir, inside linebacker. Inside linebacker. So you're going to be uh, joining Johnny Nansen's defense. Uh, what do you think about the scheme and maybe how you can help out with that? I think the scheme's pretty solid. I've already had a couple sit-downs with Coach Van Horn. He's the, the GA for the inside linebacker positions. We've talked through that. And I think something that I, I might be able to help bring to the team is just my football knowledge. I'm a pretty pretty smart guy on the field and in the classroom, so I think I might be able to help, help help people out in that kind of aspect. What player did you look up to growing up, or who do you maybe try to emulate your game after? Uh, I'm a big Cowboys fan, so Sean Lee. Sean Lee? Yes, sir. Uh, maybe some Leighton Vander Esch, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. Yeah, you got there a bit later. But, yeah, Sean Lee was the, the main one when I was younger. Okay. And then you also have a, a younger brother, yes, uh, sir. Bubba Mustaine, who's the quarterback at Push Ridge. Uh, what can you share with us about that brother relationship and that dynamic growing up with you two? Growing up, we, we fought a lot, I'm going to be honest. There was a lot of arguing in the house. You know, We got in trouble a few times for you know breaking some things. But then as we grew up, we got closer together. I think playing football helped that, being on the field together instead of just like like in our rooms alone, being on the field and like playing playing sports together and just being out there and seeing how hard we both worked and how hard we cared and knowing that we could always count on each other to do the right thing on the field. I think that helped build our, our relationship. Did you snitch on him at all growing yeah. up? 
<laughs> now he was always the one snitching on me. He's younger. <laughs> He's younger. Uh, so, you know, a lot of uh, guys who joined Arizona as walk-ons, they've ended up having some pretty solid careers. I don't know if you know this, but Chuck Cecil started his career as a walk-on at Arizona. And then you look at, you know, some local guys, uh, Jared Tevis started as a walk-on. Uh, I believe uh, Fisher, Jake Fisher started off as a walk-on too. So, you know, some walk-ons have made impacts uh, at the University of Arizona. What's kind of your mindset as you enter this chapter of your life? Yeah, I know that previous walk-ons have been successful, so it's kind of like some big shoes to fill. And like going in as a walk-on, it's not just like I'm there just for, just for practice. You know, the the end goal is obviously to earn a scholarship and a starting job and, and contribute as much as I can to the team. Mm-hmm. And you guys played at, at Push Ridge, um, and you guys were obviously stars for your team. What was it like just being a part of that group and having some success, success can't talk right now, at that program? I would say it was pretty special, except, you know, like Tyler and I, then our other teammate Bryce Truly is not with us today. But, yeah. you know, to come in as three freshmen and start, you know, all four years, that was pretty cool. And just uh, our development as players overall. Like Tyler, you know, as you mentioned, he said he was like – Really smart, you know. I was counting on him a lot when I first started playing defense. My sophomore year, to really just line me up and tell me where to go and you know who to hit and all that. So I would say we definitely contribute, you know, uh, just to the team on our own. You know, we each have our own individual things that we bring to the table. But when we're you know firing as a unit, you know, we're we're a pretty dangerous team. I would say. Tyler, what about you? And then another thing about that team, uh, like the core group of guys, we've been playing together since like the third grade when we started back playing Pop Warner for the Dolphins. So just being able, able to grow up together and play football together, we've we've had a lot of strong friendships formed through that. So that's been really cool. And what's crazy is I remember Push Ridge growing up, they were like their style of football was always kind of like military academy. Yeah. Right. It was like Army, Navy, mm-hmm. wing T, we're going to run the hell out of the football and we're going to run down your throats the entire time. I feel like Push Ridge has started to mix it up. Like you guys still have some really good running mm-hmm. backs, but you guys were really throwing that ball around this right. past year. And I would say that really came like our sophomore year. And, you know, we had a coaching change and new staff change. Like Kent Middleton, he was the D-line coach, became the head coach. He brought in a whole, you know, different group of people. Coach Bars is our offensive coordinator, you know, different DCs. You know, Dresher from Ironwood came in our junior year, and then he's just bringing in new pieces for the line. So yeah. I would say, you know, kind of going to that air raid style of offense has really, you know, helped us out and really gave us a bigger name for the Tucson area. That's super cool. All right, so – Name your favorite Arizona Wildcat, Tyler. My favorite Arizona Wildcat um, was Scooby Wright. Scooby Wright. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Good choice. Uh, Shark Dog. I think he's uh, back in the USFL. I think he yeah, just announced yeah. that he's coming back for yeah. another year. Yeah, I saw a commercial about the, that the other day, and he was like the, the main guy like running, running the field, so <laughs> it was pretty cool to see. They, I think they did like hard knocks, too, with the USFL, and he was like one of their main guys. Yeah. He's really making a big impact there. All right, guys, before we let you go, because we got to go to commercial break, um, Super Bowl coming up. Who do you got? Chiefs or Eagles? Fly, Eagles, fly. Heck yeah. What yeah, about you, Tyler? As much as I hate to say it, you know, I'm a, a diehard Cowboys fan, but I think the Eagles are going to win this one. Man, I like the Eagles too. Just because in terms of the Kelsey Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, me being an offensive lineman myself, I would love to see Jason Kelsey have the, the edge over his brother, right. Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that will be really cool. All right. We got Will Way signing on to play offensive line at Weaver State, and we got Tyler Mustaine signing on to play linebacker at the University of Arizona. Got a couple of D1 ballers joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. Guys, thank you once again for stopping by, and congratulations on all your success, and looking forward to seeing a a great college career from both of you, too. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, coming up next on Spears and Ali, if you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. We're wrapping up hour number one, coming up next. ESPN Tucson invites you to the 98th annual Parada de los Vaqueros. Did I get that right, Andrew? 
More, more or less, I think, yeah. A.K.A. the Tucson Rodeo Parade. <laughs> it's all going down on Thursday, February 23rd at 9 a.m. The parade kicks off at Ajo and Park. And if you want to see the parade route, bathroom locations, Those ticketed. Are d- yeah, you bet Day you. drink in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, you go have uh, some breakfast burritos. That and, too. and your stomach's just milly rocking during the parade. You need to know where those bathrooms are. And then uh, if you want to find out tick- ticketed grandstand seat availability, parking and more, you can go to ESPNTucson.com. Huge thanks, by the way, uh, to our previous guests, Tyler Mustaine and Will Wave from Push Ridge Christians, uh, stopping by the studio to talk about signing uh, to their respective programs. Will Way uh, going on a full-ride scholarship to Weber State. Tyler Mustaine, linebacker, going to the University of Arizona as a preferred walk-on. And, I mean, both these guys were in here. I mean, shoot, I just took a picture with them, and they both just towered over me. Yeah, you look like, like a toddler. <laughs> I look like a little kid taking a picture next to these guys. Uh, they're studs. Both of them are. I mean, I, I covered a couple of their games this past year for the Arizona Daily Star. And Will Way, we didn't even mention this. I think he wears like a size 18 shoe. He's got Ooh. huge feet. And a big old offensive lineman. He's going to make an impact at Weber State. And then uh, Tyler Mustaine, a two-way player for Push Ridge. But, man, he is a hard-hitting linebacker. He's as nasty as it gets. Nasty. So he's going to be an impactful walk-on for the Arizona Wildcats. And that's a big get for Johnny Nansen and his defense. So if you missed that interview, you can check it out on the Spears and Dolly podcast after the show. All right, uh, we got a couple minutes left here before we go to hour number two. And since today is Thursday, let's do a uh, Throwback Thursday segment. Uh, on this day in 1949, Ben Hogan, renowned golfer, uh, got into a really brutal car accident uh, in El Paso, Texas. And Ben Hogan was this pretty much the Tiger Woods of that era. And he was driving in, in El Paso, Texas. It was very foggy. And a Greyhound bus hit his car. And since they don't have airbags back then, getting hit by a bus in that car at that time, he, he got some, some pretty bad injuries. Like we're talking about broken collarbone, pelvis injuries, I, the, the whole list. And he was hospitalized for a long time, and then eventually he made his comeback and kind of pick and chose the tournaments that he was competing in, similarly to what Tiger Woods experienced. Had that gruesome car accident. I mean, we all thought, oh, my goodness, we just want Tiger Woods to live again. Like, that's how bad the car accident was. And then he was alive, and then we thought, okay, well, I just want him to be able to walk again. Then he started to walk again. Well, can he start to, you know, maybe create a swing and get back into it? And now we're seeing Tiger Woods picking and choosing the tournaments that he wants to play in. Uh, So, man. Very similar situations. If the top spot, top golfer spot in the world leads to that, I'm I'm suddenly very happy with my my handicap. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> no yeah, Ben Hogan getting that terrible car accident in 1949. Uh, on this day in 1959, Vince Lombardi was hired by the Green Bay Packers. I think that was a pretty good hire, if you ask me. Uh, on ni- in 1970, Pistol Pete became the first college player to score 3,000 career points. Whew. In 2014, the Seattle Seahawks smoked the Denver Broncos 43-8. And then in 2020, Patrick Mahomes got his first Super Bowl, delivering the first title for Kansas City in 50 years. That'll do it for Throwback Thursday, hour number two of Spears and Ali, coming up next year on ESPN Radio.